As we endure this third major wave of the pestilence, I want to tell you some very good news in spite of it all. News so good that even if you've heard it before, you may enjoy hearing it again. And this is the gospel for you today. God has given you charisma. This may sound strange or even silly to say right now, but when I say God has given you charisma, I don't mean you have it in a conventional way. I'm not saying you can sway a room full of people in 60 seconds with the power of your personality, though that would be a really cool superpower to have. No, what I mean is this, what Paul said, that there are a variety of charismas and that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. In this season of remembering our baptism, Paul teaches us that the Spirit imparts to each of us an ability, a power, which is designed to be shared with others. In fact, our charisma can only be awakened and activated in community. Notice, though, what Paul doesn't say about these things. He doesn't go on to say, to one is given the gift of good hand-eye coordination, and to another the ability to pick the best stocks, and to another the skill of baking, into yet another, an encyclopedic knowledge of American history. It's not that random. These gifts are gifts of the Spirit. And the categories he lifts are expansive, but they're also very specific. Ask yourself, which one of these spiritual gifts might be manifesting uh, or being revealed in me? Paul says, to one is given the gift of speaking wisely, to another is given the gift of speaking knowledgeably. To another is given the gift of faith. Think about that. When you need help with your unbelief, God has put someone else in the community to be there for you with strong faith. To another, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Maybe you do think of yourself as gifted at something. You're good at being a grandpa or you're a crackerjack from beyond the three-point arc. Or you can crunch numbers in your head with, without a calculator. But have you ever considered you have a specifically spiritual gift like the gift of healing? Do you have a knack for caretaking or sensing when others are in pain and attending to their suffering? You remember once Jesus heals a woman without even trying, she grabs his cloak and he feels power go out of him. Have you ever felt power like that? Paul goes on, still others are given the gift of working miracles we put these people on the finance committee and sometimes the building and grounds. Others are given the gift of prophecy, which is to say an ability to help people see how God is working in and through history. These are those with gifts of, uh, of discernment. They, they help us to slow down and listen so that we can make wiser decisions. And finally, Paul tells of those with the gift of speaking in tongues and of those with the gift of interpreting this otherworldly speech. But in a church like ours, where speaking in tongues could bring the service to a standstill, we might think of those with gifts of prayer, of powerful conversations with God, and of, of those who can help others in the community understand such prayers. In our Wednesday night series this month, we're reading Sam Wells' book, A Future That's Bigger Than the Past. And Wells tells of how the church of our time must remember the lessons of Richard Adams' novel, Watership Down. The story is about a dozen rabbits looking for a warren to call home. And each warren has a political system that's complicated and life-threatening. For example, one warren is a, a military regime run by a totalitarian general who keeps all the rabbits in fear. And another is self-indulgent and the rabbits spend a lot of their time three sheets to the wind 
which makes it easy for the farmer who's in charge to pick them off one by one. And Wells says the most important thing the rabbits learn is that they need each other and each other's gifts to survive and thrive. The group of rabbits lives and moves and thinks as one body rather than as a dozen separate bodies. But what I want you to know is that in baptism, you receive the charisma that you and others need to survive and thrive. Call it charisma for the common good, but it only works in community. How long does it make sense to keep the gift of healing to yourself after all? Here's what it looks like. There's a congregation in Austin, Texas called Covenant Presbyterian Church. And they had a big capital campaign several years ago. Everything went well. So well, in fact, that they had a surplus of $100,000 after the first year. And they took that money and they bought off $16 million of medical debt. Then they had the same surplus again the next year. And they donated that to a local organization's helping the homeless. And then they had the same surplus again. And this time they created the Institute for Missional Formation. Get this. They started giving away $10,000 grants to church members to implement social justice projects around the city. You had to be a member to apply, and the projects had to improve the lives of the most vulnerable and be sustainable beyond the church's initial investment and provide real ways for members to use their gifts to follow Jesus' example. So a church member comes to apply and says, I have this spiritual gift that I want to share. And rather than start a church program, the, the church equips its members to live out their faith and activate their gifts where they are most of the time. And where are we most of the time? Not at church. One of the best ideas was from Sheeran, a member who was also an Iranian refugee. And her idea was to turn her pandemic food delivery ministry into a prep kitchen and food truck that would employ refugees, giving them good incomes and marketable skills. Sadly, though, Sheeran died after a recurrence of breast cancer. But that's when other members stepped up to build on her dream. They redirected her project into a microloan business for disadvantaged and mar marginalized residents uh, of Austin. And the first loan went to Sheeran's daughter, who will use it to carry on her mother's original dream of a food truck. One of the Institute's committee members and lifelong church members Steve Goldsmith said, I've done Bible study, I've done prayer groups, and this is the first time in my late 40s that I've felt like I can really engage with my whole capability and not just be a spectator. Covenant's pastor, Thomas Daniel, said, we tell our people, you're the big idea, and they're going to come up with something I never dreamed of, and there's something so empowering about that. The same Holy Spirit empowering Austin is the same Spirit doling out an endless supply of charisma to each one of us. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, Paul says. And I say, even if you don't have $10,000, if you believe you have it, it's already there. Amen.